Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, soap fans and true believers. I have the delightful Kathleen Gotti on today, who plays the dastardly Dr. Liesel Ulbricht keep with the Prisoners of Port Charles track I have on this podcast. She talks about playing Liesel, who is such a departure from herself, thankfully. She also discusses her past on All My Children as Taffy Winslow, where she worked with Maurice Bernard and Michael E. Knight. Plus, we discuss what she's cooking up while we are all in quarantine and more. So join us as we try to combat cabin fever, and thankfully, we are doing better than Peter. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. I know we're all getting a little bit of cabin fever, so it's so great that some of us remember that our phones can be used as a phone. <laughs> and don't forget that Dr. Obrecht is in prison. It's double cabin fever. Double. <laughs> yeah, so you're just I'm, trapped everywhere. <laughs> I am trapped everywhere. What the heck? <laughs> Fantasy life turns into reality. <laughs> Television becomes reality. What's that? Pleasantville, here we go. Oh, yeah, I love that movie. But yeah, that, that would be fun to just, you know, sort of be meta, like, a little bit. Because the odd thing is, is I just talked to Perry Shin, who plays no. Brad, who's also in yeah. prison on General Hospital, and we didn't even put that together. <laughs> excellent, excellent. He's in prison. Good boy. That's where he deserves to be. Bad, bad, bad boy. I love that guy. He's so great. I, I know. So I love you two together, too. Like, y'all really play off each other well. <laughs> It's fun because, yeah, it's really fun. He's just so much fun and he's always prepared and then we throw in a couple little things and he's just really a pleasure to work with. Yeah, that's great. And so I hopefully you guys get out of prison by the time that General Hospital comes back. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. Yeah, so I know with your character, like you say, she's in prison and really doesn't have a lot of friends outside. I was really disappointed to see even Franco wasn't necessarily, you know, thinking she was innocent. Uh, what is that? I know. Franco, seriously, just because I bopped him on the head, but then mm-hmm. he tried to set me up. So it was just an eye- eyeball for an eyeball. I mean, I, I was really disappointed that he didn't want to help or my niece. But then again, I, you know, lied to her and stuff just to try to make her happy. But I guess lying trumps trying to make somebody happy you know so she's mad at me my daughter obviously is not on my side and so nobody is and uh it's a strange position to be in yeah like and and that's so odd to me because I love Liesel and I like her friendship with Franco and it's so interesting I kind of like that Liesel was on Valentine's side because she sort of understood why he was doing the whole Sasha thing right and but Nina's just a little like I'm done with that like with both of you guys and I'm like really they're they're, no offense but I kind of would have rather had you with Jax (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) that was cute (laughs) no but you know what I I love my niece and if she wants to have him you know I I I I, uh digress you know it's like I move over for her 
I, I, I will let her acquiesce. I will acquiesce Jax to her because she, that's she, I, my love for her and my respect for her is more important than you know my love for or lust for that guy. So yeah. it's okay. I think that was a, a decent thing to do. Yeah, and, and I think Liesl is happy about that because she she tends to put her family above others. That's why why would anyone think Absolutely. she did this? <laughs> Except her daughter. Yeah. Yeah, well, she's not a friend always got the short end of the stick <laughs> yeah. since she was a kid. Yeah, always. And that's, I, I, I feel bad about that. But, you know, you have to have someone, the audience has to have people they hate and be angry with. And some of it agree with and some of it they don't. So that that's my, you know, I always feel bad about treating her daughter like crap. But it's part of the story. Yeah. And, and it also explains Brit's be- Britta's behavior, yeah. you know, too, because of her bad upbringing by her mother. That's I think it really affects you. I know people when they've had bad mothers and they are not good people, you know, they, oh, many times I should qualify that. But, you know, they instead, sometimes they'll just go the other way and become super great people. But it, how you brought up as a child is so important. You know, that's an expression. There's an expression Hungarian that says basically they had a a rotten nursery, you know, a room at home. What do you call it? Your, your, your nursery. You had a rotten nursery. So, you know, you weren't brought up well at home. Those formative years are so important. So a lot of people is, you know, and, and this is reflecting life and behavior, a lot of it. Not everything, but, you know, a lot of them so they try to to replicate what's going on in real life with with uh, health issues and mental issues and, and behavioral issues. And I think this is a very, I think that's why a lot of people love soaps for many reasons but i think it's one is because they see themselves or they can can relate to certain situations oh yeah like that's the thing as i know because like you say they have to have somebody to hate but for me i've always like hated like the more the main characters and preferred like people like franco or liesel and ava because i don't like sonny but i don't like sonny because he reminds me of my own dad there you go exactly it's like these people trigger yeah yeah and, and that's what's interesting. And I like that you brought up that is a lot of what makes Brit who she is. And Lisa was sort of brought on to make Brit more sympathetic. And then they, you know, obviously we loved you. So they kept you around and gave you more to do. But yeah, it is an interesting dynamic. And I like to see that they're back and maybe they will sort of come back together because, you know, they were at one point on better terms and have been. But Faison is her father, too, so it's not all your fault. <laughs> it, thank you. Oh, that makes me feel good. You made my day. It's not all my fault. Yeah. But, but you know, I don't think they'll ever be warm and fuzzy. I, I think yeah, it's always going to be a push-and-pull relationship. Yeah, yeah very but similar to, moments. like, Alexis and Sam, to a degree, will always sort of have that adversary because we didn't really right. see them until, like, Sam was an adult anyway, and there's a lot of bad blood there either way, but it's interesting. I mean, at least... She didn't drive you to drink or vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) No, I probably drove her to drink. (laughs) I'm doing bad and dastardly things. (laughs) I know. And, and, but it, but it's more fun to play the bad guy, right? (laughs) Do you know what? It's so funny. I always dreamt of playing Mrs. Walton. As a kid, you know, growing up, I loved I Dream of Jeannie. I loved um, Lucia Ball, obviously, my, yeah. my all-time favorite, and, and Carol Burnett. That kind of they comedy makes people laugh. I just loved that. It was such great, great feeling to laugh just freely. And, and, and it's such a good film. It makes you feel so good. And I was a kid. But you don't really know this until later you look back. Oh, yeah, that makes you feel good. That's why laughing is so wonderful and healing and, and keeps harmony at home and all that stuff. So it's really good. But I also watched The Waltons and it was like, oh, 
she was such a lovely person, so nice. So I thought, Mrs. Walton, I, I aspire to, to be that character. And and didn't play any really nice. I mean, I, I, I guess I did some sort of, you know, the victim, the mom whose kid got killed, whose husband was murdered. Whose, I mean, mm-hmm. all kinds of heavy-duty victim things. So it was kind of tragic things. And, and then it started getting these nasty roles and stuff. And this role is like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. I had no idea. <laughs> I was like, really? I get to be nasty and mean and 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 it, it's it's uh, vicariously very satisfying. And also, I think the audience, and I'm shocked, actually, how much the audience prefers these nasty characters and the nasty deeds. It's like when I had Peter tied up in the cabin, <laughs> I yeah. thought I'm done for. People are just going to hate me. And I have to tell you, I'd say 99%, maybe 200%, everyone was like, get him, get him, do it. And I was like, are you kidding? I mean, I felt so horrible the things I had to do to him as a human being. You know, as Kathleen doing Obrek stuff, it was like, it was hard. You know, I'm not a violent person. I don't like seeing that kind of violence. And people were like, do it, do it, you know. I, and I think a lot of it is, for whatever reason, the audience is never taken to Peter. So maybe if it was somebody that people liked a little more, like, say, if you did that to Brad, who has a pretty big following, and while he he's a little dastardly, too, um, <laughs> I, they might have felt a little differently. But for some reason, people just never really felt Peter that I see online. And I'm like, but I thought it was funny, too. But again, the reason why I love you and Roger and seen so much with uh, Liesl and Franco's friendship is I was in love with Todd Manning as a little girl like, so oh. <laughs> on one life to live so i i've always liked the bad guys too so i guess that's why i like liesel and because they're fun to watch i mean you and ava are way more interesting than some of the other characters oh uh, well i i i love the writing and i love the character i mean i it's probably the most fun role i've ever done it is the most fun role because it's such a range actually you know I've, I've enjoyed doing other roles Whatever I do, I always enjoy it. But this one, I get to be funny. I get to be serious. I get to be dramatic. I get to be tragic, you know, campy, broad, serious, subtle. It's I get to do it all the the entire spectrum of behavior and and acting choices and things. So I really I really love the role, and, and I think that I'm, and I try to keep it interesting too as much. The writers help me out. They give me so much and such a range to work with in the materials. You know, one day I'm this, one day I'm that. But I also try to fill it out to make this okay. How campy can I? dare I go how broad how subtle how painful you know how much pathos and hurt and so that it's it's really interesting mixture for me to, that I get to do to keep it interesting because if I'm a viewer I want to be I don't want to sit there listening to like blabbering I want to be interested I want to be captivated by somebody's behavior and but the writing the writing you know it gives you 90% or 80% whatever and then you get to fill it out but it's it's all in the writing yeah, and, and and like you say, the writing for Liesl is complicated. We get to see her be this dastardly doctor who was a terrible mother to Brit. But then when right. it's revealed that Nathan's her son, you see this different side. And with Maxie and with James and with Nina, like she really has this love for Nina that you didn't really see with Britta. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's also, it's interesting because you have that um, in, in real life. You have a different chemistry with every person you encounter. You know, you, you, you're not the same with the, the grocery store person as you are with your neighbor or your plumber or your sister or your parents, or, you know, whoever it is, or your puppy. I mean, you're, you behave differently. Each, each person evokes different feelings from you, good, bad, or the ugly. And, and I think that's really interesting when I, with the relationships and the way they're written and also the chemistry with the other actor. That, that influences a lot as well. 
but you try to obviously service the material, but then every now and then it's like, you know, the, your actual chemistry of the other actor does play into it as well. Yeah, because I know when I spoke to Perry, he talked about his chemistry with Kelly Thebald, who plays Brit, and how that just right. sort of organically happened. It's just like with yours with Roger, I think. Did they even think of making Franco and Liesl these great friends until you see you guys? Like, And it works so well. Oh my God! The the eggs. I was making. I was. I was thinking. What should I make next week? I was going. Oh, egg salad sandwich. I went. Oh, the egg salad sandwich. Remember the painting. The egg salad. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's things like in my own life. I'm trying to make his egg salad. I was like, forget. I'm not gonna make egg salad. Because I think of a painting. I was like, all oh, that whole. That was hysterical. That egg salad sandwich. You know the the famous painting. Oh, frankly, you're so brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was fun because it, it, you that know, and and that's why I like Liesl is she is interesting like that. Like she would, she would of course, as she was with Faison, she saw him as this artist in a way, and all the oh, things yeah. he did, and so of course she would be interested in someone like Franco, who at that time when he was an artist was a psycho. Yeah, genius. But in her mind, he's a genius, so she elevates mm -hmm. these people who are maybe insane and ridiculous and horrible people to you know sainthood. <laughs> well, Cesar, Faison, yeah. <laughs> She definitely elevated him. And then Franco's done some terrible things in his past as well, which is interesting. Yeah, like, and know, I think she... that's what's interesting about their friendship and how it's evolved is they're both people who were seeking redemption after some bad things they did as they've grown as people. Right. <laughs> it's true. But it's interesting on this show because I think most on the show, most people have done terrible things. And it's so interesting. It's like they're pointing fingers at this person or that or at my character. And it's like, wait a minute, didn't your character murder three people or rape four <laughs> people or, you know, kidnap, rape, murder, hit, kill? I don't know. I mean, so, you know, yeah, Alexis has killed a few people, but she's still a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, Alexis has killed a few people, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. So I'm just saying, and yet they're, they smell of roses and, you know, I smell of poo-poo. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not right. I, I know, and that that's what I love, you know, and that's why I root for characters like Liesl who actually get to accept their consequences, as I point out, like, you know, or like how Brad is, but Sonny and Jason are never going to pay, or Carly's never going to pay, but right. <laughs> occasionally yeah, you might see them a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get it either. I'm like... <laughs> Well, of course, the first person to blame anyone else is Liesl anyway, yeah. so that, that's all so hard, because it's like, wait a minute, lady, you, you've done this to other people, and now you're righteous, you know, that the righteous, her righteousness always is a problem for me, because it's like, I, I don't think you have a right to be righteous, <laughs> Dr. Obrecht, you know, so I talk to myself a lot. That's but, funny, and like, and you can kind of see Liesl doing that as well, like talking yourself into something or out of something, and oh, yeah. <laughs> working it. Because that's, that's sort of what we do these days, and some more oh, than yeah. others is, like, talking yourself into doing the right or the wrong thing as opposed to just sort of doing it. Absolutely. No, she can convince herself of anything It's, it's uh, and, and sticks her guns to it, and with such conviction. And then myself, the actress, I have to look at this and go, okay, I don't agree with this, but I have to buy it, I have to sell it. So, okay, <laughs> and I bought the material, and I have to sell the material to the audience so that they believe it, too, as much as possible, even they know I'm wrong. But right now, I'm not. Right now, I'm sitting in jail for absolutely wrong reasons, and no one's on my side. That's just that's just awful. And she has nobody. It's very sad, actually. Yeah, and that's why I really feel for Liesl. But we did sort of see the the last time we saw her is that Robert Scorpio actually came and believed her. And I kind of hope that this leads to them sort of mending fences and maybe finally a romance for Liesl, because. 
you know, Robert, you know, he's got no one right now except messing with Anna and Finn just for fun. <laughs> well, let me just say, I don't know when you're going to air this, but there's a big episode coming up. Oh, good. Next week. Yeah. Which, <laughs> so, yeah, on Wednesday. So we'll see what happens. And, and then I can't tell you what happens after that because I don't know. Oh, yeah. So you've taped your last scenes as Liesl Albrecht as well because of this shutdown. So I have, and that airs on Wednesday. So that's good yeah. to know, because I know with Brad and you in jail, if we do potentially have a time jump, which is what some people have suggested in case they're off for a significant amount of time without new episodes, maybe you'll see a better side for you guys. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> time will tell. Oh yes, and I and I have no idea what what happens. I you know there's no, I mean nobody does. And I always like for me honestly, it's like I like I don't know why the audience likes spoilers. I for me once it blows the to once I know the ending, like I see a trailer for a movie, I see the whole film. I don't need to see the film. I'm not interested a lot. So, but people are so they want to know spoilers and they try to sneak material and find out. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't want to know. I don't even want to know what I'm doing until I get my script for the next episode. It's like. It's a surprise. It's like Christmas. Ooh, what's in here? It makes it fun for me. So I'm always shocked that the audience is like, oh, spoilers, and people are like guessing. And, you know, it's fun to guess the stuff, but don't snoop around and, and find out because then it blows it, I think, in my humble opinion. It's like, just wait for that, you know, anticipation of what might happen. Oh, yeah. I, I don't like to know. That's why I hate sometimes when you're you have to wait until the next day if you don't have cable or like, uh, when I was on the Pacific time zone as opposed to the central. So you're getting things later. I couldn't even look at Twitter, especially because I know you were part Smart. of the Arrowverse as well. Like when it was a crisis on infinite earth, big crossover and everything on the CW, I'm like, I can't even open my phone because I want to watch it for myself. And with right. soaps, so you kind of predict a lot of stuff if you've watched them for long enough, but then every once in yeah. a while they surprise you. And, and I hate when I stumble upon something, but I can live with it because, but uh, I just, I'm with you on the spoiler thing. I'm like, I I don't mind previews and trailers and stuff like that. It's like, ooh, that's interesting, kind of giving you a little taste. But to just right. spoil outright, I'm like, well, that's no fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I know. It's like, and it's hard not to because social media is just like, oh, my God. Blah, blah. And also East Coast, West Coast. You know, people have seen it on the East Coast and they're blabbering at 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? And everyone's here on the West Coast. No. I don't want to look. Mm-hmm. I have three more hours before I can watch. You know, <laughs> it's funny. I know, and it's just like the age of social media. It's kind of hard to avoid, but like we say, how come long on, have you people. been watching? Yeah. Sorry, how, how long have you been watching General Hospital? My entire life, I've been watching. Yeah, I watched all the ABC soaps, including General Hospital. So all my children and One Life to Live as well. So yeah, yeah I was born in '88, and I yeah. I remember when Lulu was born and stuff like that. So I'm like, how is she yeah. older than me now? <laughs> it must be so fun for you yeah. to watch these characters grow up and then on different shows and crossover. And that oh, must yeah. be so cool. Yeah, and, and it's so great for me as someone who was, One Life to Live was really my favorite. And like, so to see Roger and Michael Easton come over from there, and now you see like Michael E. Knight is on there. <laughs> yeah, I love Mike. I work with Michael and Sonny and Maurice on All My Children 8990 for a couple of months. Right before Maurice left and came to LA to do General Hospital. Yeah, because uh, weren't you Taffy, I think her name was? I yeah. was Taffy Winslow, yeah. yes. Eighty nine ninety. You were just a baby in diapers, <laughs> and I'm sure you weren't watching the show, going, "Oh, there's Taffy Winslow." Yeah. So, you were... 
I know I'm a but big yeah, history just... person, so I like to look up, you know, things. And I, I remember you mentioning that before, how you and Maurice worked together on then. But yeah, because I certainly remember the, the 90s, the big, you know, resurgence of soap that sort of, yeah. like, the OJ trial, you know, coincidentally seemed to be a lot of what happened there when they kind of lost out. But yeah, I remember Robin getting HIV and Stone dying on General Hospital. So it is fun to see how people have evolved. I mean. Well, and also I worked with Michael Knight back then. Yeah. And here we are, yeah, know, fast yeah. forward 30 odd years, and like, oh my God, this is so cool. It was a huge reunion. You know, we, it was so, so awesome to see him and work with him. He's, he's fun and really nice guy. Really, really nice, down to earth, fun, talented. It was just, it's like, oh my God, 30 years later, here we are, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so so great because, like, James Patrick Stewart, I know, was on All My Children back then as well as Will Cortland. And so to see you all together, like, again, and and so maybe hopefully, because you don't really share a lot of scenes with Maurice, do you? No, I think I've had maybe two or three in my almost eight years there, so no. Hmm. Yeah, maybe they'll have We haven't had many in the hospital once and I forget somewhere else, but it was just, oh, yeah, when there was some in, in in the pub. Charlie's Pub. Oh, I had yeah. a scene with him when he came in with a, the boys with Spinelli and he I was just sort Spinelli. of there. And we're like, <laughs> we had we shared a line or two, but that was it. But I every time I see him and say, "Hey, how you doing?" We're we're old timers. <laughs> we go way back. I hate to say that we're old timers. We go way back. <laughs> but it's just cool, you know. I, I don't feel the older. It's just that we've had so much history, and so we worked so many years ago, and we're you know we're still together. It's really cool. I, I I'm grateful for that. Yeah. to have that history and, and to be working with these people. It's really cool. Yeah, that's what I love about soaps is the history. And that's why I like when you see the writers really take a nod to that and put people together. Like like Roger and Maura, I didn't really watch them when they were on As the World Turns because as I say, I was more of an ABC person. But like I've gone back and looked at that because I'm like, oh, I love them together on here. This is great. Because that's the beauty of the internet is you can go back and look at this stuff and see it. Right. And, but or refresh yourself because I'm like God. I remember this being a big thing. Where can I find that? Yeah. So yeah, like so. Are you much of a soap watcher? No, to be mm-hmm. honest, I don't watch a lot of television because of time. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm home with this situation going on, and um, I, I just I'm writing a book. I, I you know I I watched some obviously when I got the job. I, I watched just to get a sense of every time I work on a show, I, you know, I watch enough to get the sense of it. I do watch some television, but the soaps over the years, I haven't, most of them were daytime. I didn't record them. I usually didn't have a television because I am working. I am, if I'm not working on a physical job, I'm either studying, practicing, rehearsing, or looking for work, which means I'm, you know, contacting people, sending flyers out. I did that for years and years. That's how I got all my children, my own efforts of sending out captain getting news bulletin in in new york back in 89 and you know so i did it's it's a lot of of uh, work to to keep out there so and i just don't have the patience i I, my big thing is going to movies so if you ask me if i'm a movie buff yes i need to sit there in the big screen and just get lost in the big screen but the small screen at home i i'm i'll watch some of it and i loved i loved um the rookie Oh, I, I love the rugby I mean, too, because I mean, Nathan Billion started on one night to live. I love <laughs> yeah. Castle, but now I love the rookie because you know, again, like following, you said, like following characters from one show to another. Nathan Fillion's just, and he was on which one? He was on One Life. Yeah. What soap was he on? Yeah. What character? Did, what kind of character did he play on that? He was Joey Buchanan, so he was the good guy. I I liked Joey, the good guy, and Todd, the bad guys, like as a little oh, okay. girl. So <laughs> I've followed Nathan since he was on like. 
he was on that. Then he was on Firefly and Two Guys and a Girl. And then, so, of course, I love Castle and The Rookie. And what I like is a lot of the people on there are soap alums because he's always been very loyal to that, which is great. Yeah. 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 No, he's a good guy. So, anyway, but um, as far as you said, watching soaps, I'll watch... I've never watched as much as I do now because one, you know, some of my favorite actors were on, or they and I and I've seen them rehearsing, you know, or doing the scenes at the studio, and I'll watch it because I'm there shooting that day, and I go, oh my god, that was so good. So you know, I'll watch these episodes and just just out of respect and out of out of um, learning, you know, from other actors, it's like they're so good. Some of these people just do such a great job. Amora West is just brilliant. Oh, I yeah. I love her work. James Patrick Stewart. He's, you know, these people are yeah, just like he, gems to watch. Cynthia Watros. These people are talented. They bring their A game always and, and a whole list of other people. But, you know, I, so I, then I, I think I probably have watched more soaps now than I ever have in my whole life. <laughs> and General Hospital mostly because that's, you know, the people that are on there. But, um, but I'm, I'm busy. I'm a busy girl. And even now I'm trying to, you know, I keep, uh, I have to stay creative and do something. And also, I'm I'm not a um, not so much a voyeur and, and a watcher, but I need to do and need to create. So I'm in the kitchen coming up with new recipes. I'm writing a cookbook. It's actually, and I'm writing a book about my life, my family's life, and how they escaped the revolution in Hungary and left and were in a plane crash and a bunch of people died, but they survived and how they started all over. It just so I'm writing that book, and and also I had a restaurant in a wholesale cookie factory in mm, Hungary. Wow when I lived there for six years and just how that whole thing came about and then, you know, coming to Hollywood and my mother's death. I mean, a lot of things that have happened and people are like, you've got to write this book, you've got to, and I'm like, nah, who cares? It's just my life. But I thought, you know what, this is a great time. I'll write it. Maybe somebody's interested, but also with the recipe. So I'm the book that I'm working on right now, actually I'm both simultaneously, but mostly I'm doing the cookbook because right now I'm, I have time to create and, and come up with things. But a lot of these is called, it's still a working title, but the recipes of my life or my life and recipes. I'm not sure which title or it might change, but that's kind of, you know, just the story of my childhood and the recipes that came up and later how things happened and what my mother made. And my mother was Hungarian and all this great Hungarian food. And Michael, my husband's mother was Lebanese and and she made incredible food. So I've got, you know, and all the stories and how they evolved and how they were part of a wedding in our lives. And so it just, I'm writing this book and it feels really good. It feels organic and it's fun and I'm really excited about it. So I've been working on that all day and Michael's like I'm hungry can I have something to eat I'm like I'm, I'm busy writing a recipe can you make it oh okay you know <laughs> so, <laughs> can you try it out on me okay so he's my guinea pig but a lot of it is just stuff that that have actually things that have happened and the recipes I used in my bakery and in my restaurant I had a whole menu of international cuisine so I'm, I'm just putting in my favorite things that I hopefully people will be interested in it's not like a gourmet cookbook or people like put keto things in there vegan it's like mm-hmm. I have some be- vegan things but it's not a health book or anything yeah it's just, this is the story it's some of it's healthy yeah. some of it's you know vegan some of it's not it's just kind of a mishmash of my life which is what my life is you know and probably everybody's well, I like that because, you know, the way you said it, like my life and recipes, it's almost like a story in itself being told through cooking and how we sort of evolve as people. Like, because I know I yes. went through like a vegan phase and I really love like Lebanese food because where I grew up has the Lebanese mafia and that's a big influence. Oh, or you yeah. have, yeah. In Texas? Yes. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> I know. And that's where I am now, which is funny. And because I'm like, oh man, and I've been cooking a lot of, you know, Lebanese type dishes because of that. Or like, you know, 
barbecue obviously is a big thing or you know oh, country yeah. cooking but i'm more of an asian cooking type person so oh, so yeah lovely. when you think about it in yourself i can imagine especially you who lived all over the world you have so much into it and, and it is sort of a story in itself just told through recipes that's really interesting and i like to cook so i'm like i would definitely pick that up and I'm going to have pictures in it, too, of, you know, my childhood and mm-hmm. and, uh, and some of the foods. You know, actually, every food item will have a photo with it, but also pictures in it and pictures of me with certain actors, you know, things that pertain to the story. So I think that hopefully will, you know, provide some interesting visuals as well as, as reading. And, I, and I'll probably do the audiobook version of it, too. So oh, it's, cool. it's a work in progress, and we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'm not going to read off the recipes, but I will, you know, or the story, just the story. The, the story, story parts. Huh. And yeah. usually what they do is I think they send the audiobook that you get a PDF of all the recipes, you know, the, the things that you can't listen to so you can you know, print it, right? Because I've seen that in cookbook stuff. So I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm, I'm And I'm also working on the other book, um, which I started a long time ago, and I just keep adding to it, obviously, as the years go by. Just, to, you know, the whole, the really in-depth story of my family and, and the immigrating and, and immigration and what happened in the revolution and the war and just a lot of things that happened to them and coming out and struggling and starting over. My mother was an opera singer who gave that up when she had kids. My father was a symphony conductor and then in Europe and then coming to Canada and starting over as a truck diver and and mental illness. My father has uh, has um, it was manic depressive and suicide attempts. So this is just so much that you know makes you who you are. And it's the story. And again, it's not because I'm so important or so famous or anything like that. Because I'm not. But I think it's a, hopefully it's a story people will be able to relate to it. Well, yeah, it's just like the soaps or anything else. People are going to relate to it if they feel something and it relates to them. And so it doesn't necessarily matter who it is. But like you say, it's an interesting story. I know for me, my father was also a manic depressive. So that intrigues me there. there. Hence why I say Sonny reminds me of him. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, mental illness, it's it's more and more prevalent and more people are talking about it and, and how it affects everyone around them and the person. And it's just, and again, I think everyone's life, really, if you look at them, everyone's life is a story. It's a book. It's a movie. Everybody's life from, you know, the most interesting to the most uninteresting. Everyone's life is interesting. If you dissect and look at it, it's like, why did this person become who they are? Their behavior, what makes them tick? You know, does you don't have to be the president to be, have an interesting story or, you know, or whatever, the president of a television series or whatever. I mean, yeah. you, you, everyone is important. Everyone's interesting. So hopefully people will find this interesting. Yeah. And like you say, you just can't stop being busy. I know I see you pop up on TV everywhere, whether uh, I was a big fan <laughs> of Arrow. So I was glad to see you were back on there towards the end, as well as I've been rewatching Desperate Housewives because I oh. prefer to be a voyeur, uh, I guess. I do stuff because I'm actually working on a book and some other things as well, or these podcasts. Oh, but Yeah, like Desperate Housewives, I see. Oh, you killed Lori Metcalf's character. I oh, did, fun. I yeah. did, because she killed Kirsten Warren. Who, yeah. She and I studied Russian together. We oh, took Russian lessons. Because cool. I had studied and spoke Russian years ago, and I wanted to refresh it because I was doing a lot of Russian roles, and I thought it wouldn't hurt to have a refresher program 30 years later after university. And I found this teacher, and she said, well, I'm teaching another student, Kirsten Warren. Would you mind working with her? I was like, oh, no, I just killed her on the, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think that's how we met on the set, because she was there visiting Kirsten. That's right. And and so she was introduced to me and said, you know, she's Russian. I was like, I'm going to take lessons. And then Kirsten said, so do I. So they would come over to my, my home, and we'd study together. But tell me, what's your book on? What are you writing? 
Uh, well, sort of the same thing, just a lot of life stories. Because, you know, like you, people have said, you should write some of these down. Because I have such interesting yeah. stories about growing up here and, and my father. Because we were a weird family. And I even came up with, like, a cartoon concept sort of like that. That's mm-hmm. great. I'm like, yeah, because like we say, we have the time now. And, I, you know, I yes. don't want to just sit around and watch old episodes of Desperate Housewives all the time, I guess. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have the patience for that. My husband's watching all these old westerns. He loves them. Michael just loves that. Well, we do have and, a giant good bad James and the Bond. ugly poster here. <laughs> he gets to vicariously be James yeah. Bond and then and the, and the cowboy shooting people. It's like, dang, dang. He goes, I'm listening to a lot of gun shooting, aren't I? I'm like, yeah. So, <laughs> but he's so happy. And, and we go out for walks and, you know, we're trying to keep busy and do creative stuff. He's playing his guitar and we're working out. So, you know, just trying to make use of this time and actually I'm, I'm really embracing it you know I, it's so tragic what's going on around the world but on the positive side there's a lot of good because people are really bonding really making an effort to contact each other not just text but maybe pick up the phone facetime you know really pay time you know quality time to each other we get to spend time I'm getting to do things I don't have the time to do with when I'm working. I'm just like up there auditioning, working or studying lines or performing. So this is like really just stop, breathe, regroup. I'm taking care of myself. I'm working out more. So it feels really good this time. I'm really grateful for it in a, in a, uh, horrific way I mean it's you know the tragic way but it's actually trying to make the best of it oh I know that's why I do that podcast Mrs. Brightside too because it's all about sort of thinking about life and yes while it's a negative thing in one sense going around we're you know facing some economic loss as well as physical loss oh yeah well financially it's a disaster for so many people including us because I'm freelance if I don't work I don't make a dime so you know, it's like, okay, we're also not spending as much because we're not going to the movies, we're not going to dinner, we're, you know, we're not traveling. Yeah, it balances it's, out eventually. And, and sort of, is, yeah. I look forward to be able to make money again. But there are a lot of people that are really, really struggling, and that's really hard. That That's very hurtful. You know, our industry is shut down. Restaurant, I mean, so many businesses have shut down. They have to cause, because there's nothing besides social contact. That's the whole idea. Can you imagine working with soap? You have to stand six feet from each other. Oh, yeah, that you. would be I interesting. <laughs> I love you. I want to kiss you. Not right now. You know? Yeah. No, we have to stay six feet apart. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But soon, darling, soon. Yeah. You know, they can make a whole soap about that. Oh, yeah, I feel like they should, even if it's just an audio-only joking about that. Like, because I thought, are we going to start returning to, like, radio soaps and, you know, shows just because we can't be in the same room as one another? That would be fun. And that's That's me. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. To the writers, yeah. Yeah. To do radio stuff and present it on, you know, on television or something with imagery or something. (laughs) Yeah, or even a podcast network. Like, because that is the beauty of doing podcasts is, like, my, part of my job isn't, but much like you most of my bulk of my income was like freelance working events so i am glad i'm not in la because i'd be stuck at home by myself not working with nothing to do and like you say you're discovering new skills so while it is bleak on one hand you're sort of getting back to nature and getting back to the life before you know we were all this big global conglomerate 
I know, yeah. I know. So in, in all this morbidity, and, and really my heart goes out to all the mm. people that are, are suffering and struggling and financially and physically and, and health stuff, and, and also gratitude to all the people that are out there, even the grocery stores, the yeah. people working there. The med, obviously the medical profession, everyone who's out there helping and doing their best and putting themselves in danger. But even you know the grocery store, the cashiers are there. I'm thinking, bless your hearts. You're here to serve us and hopefully, not God willing, not get sick. So thank you to everyone who's out there and on the front lines in whatever capacity even the bank tellers everyone who's out there helping it means a lot and you know so it, it is a morbid dark time but it's also so much gratitude for a lot of things and one is just able to stop and breathe and say okay look at your life what are you doing are you happy with what is, you know do you need to make changes with yourself with your work with whatever and i think it's an interesting moment in time in history just to kind of stop put everything on pause yeah because we've okay, never really experienced this before i know i've asked my no. grandparents luckily over the phone and stuff like has you ever seen anything like this and they're like no this is a first no. yeah no they've been seeing wars and things like that but that's a different kind of behavior something similar is uh mike and i talk about it's like chernobyl where the radiation that for the oh, nuclear yeah. um, explosion and so people have to you know stay away and careful what they wear and avoid each other and keep the distance from their family who has been affected who've been affected so it's maybe there's a small comparison there but uh, it's it's scary you know on one hand people are dying left and right on the other hand people are partying so it's just it's a very interesting dynamic what's going on across the states and the world how people are handling it yeah, because that, that is the unique perspective of me with having, you know, part of my family is in my friends and, you know, people I work with in L.A., but being here in Texas with my biological family and seeing the difference of just in how the places have reacted and things are going and and difference yeah. from, like, small town, for, you know, this place, Tyler, Texas, has always been a bubble, so they've not experienced as much as, say, other places that, you know, are Bigger so cities. condensed, like, LA where you even have a large homeless population so there's a lot of people who can't go anywhere yeah mm. it's 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 tough yeah. it's, it's a really tough time you know again it's there's there's a good side to this there's there's there's, a, there's some beauty in the in all the pile of garbage you know yeah. there's some beauty in it too a rose is growing out of it and Wow, that was so beautiful. Wow, metaphoric. Look at me. Yeah, oh my God, I, I should be a writer. Oh, wait, no. Yes. <laughs> I think I better take more lessons. I better practice some more. Yeah, no, I like Hopefully that. this will be behind us soon and, you know, we'll all recover and move on. Yeah, we'll get back to normal. So, yeah, do you have anything you know that's coming out soon other than you're working on a cookbook and a book about your life? I know General Hospital will hopefully be back in a month or so, but I mean, we're still airing right. episodes as far as the next two weeks, I know for sure, but... Yeah, and just stay tuned for my episode next week, and then don't know, there's some possibilities, but uh, I don't know anything for sure, so I'll just say my book right now is... It will hopefully I don't know how long it'll take me to finish and publish and get out. I'm not sure what the time frame could be. Twenty years could be six months. I don't. <laughs> I just my job is just to finish it and then figure it out from there. Yeah, and that's all we can do right now. So that means there. If you didn't film anything for the nurses' ball, yeah. I think I won't say anything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what I'm like. Where's the nurses' ball? I want to see Liesel's number. And <laughs> you know, usually that airs in May. May. Yeah. Usually we fill that in April. So. Oh. Okay. That's all I can tell you. 
Yeah, because uh, you know, I know that was a big question about, oh, have they not filmed that yet? Because I know there's a lot of yeah. lead up to it because everybody has to train and do their dances and choreography. But it might be a nice change of pace that, you know, in case they do have to change it, but we still get it when it comes back. Yeah, I yeah. honestly don't know. It would be awesome. Okay, yeah. let me just say it would be awesome if that happened. But I think yeah. with everything that's going on, they might just have to skip it this year. Yeah. You know, financially, because they took a everyone's taken such a huge you know loss okay, yeah. i mean the industry stopped you know like uh, ran came to a stop sign and smashed his head into it and everyone stopped working and there isn't money to be made the advertisers are you know they're not advertising on TV. so it's everyone's taken it really hard on the head and all of us we're all freelance you know the crew the, most of the people there i think are freelance so we except you know the actors on contract i'm sure there's some positions that are on contract but the other people are freelance so no one's getting paid no one's working and i i think they just it's taken a big hit so i don't know if they're going to do it because i know it takes a lot of money and yeah there's preparation the writers do it and stuff but you know it's not and 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 production stuff but it's not as far as acting it's like we have like two rehearsals and then go so yeah. I don't remember having that much luxury. I just like to know if I'm going to be performing because then I really start working on my voice and practicing every day and, and warming it up and, and uh, you know, getting back to my dance moves, things like that. So right now I'm just working out, and doing a little here and there and vocally stuff like that, just in case. But uh, I, I don't know anything. So I'm, I, like I said, I, I'd be surprised if they do it, but I hope they do. Just I think people need something special and fun after all this tragedy. Yeah, and, and and as I say, the nurses' ball is always fun, and it's great to see people like you show their other skills, like singing and dancing. And you know, apparently, both of your parents were singers, so I see where you get it. <laughs> well, my yeah, my father yeah. was a symphony conductor, but he also he did sing a little yeah. bit, and yeah. um, and he was a violinist and a viola player, and my mother sang, and so they are so multi-talented, huh? multi-talented parents, and and um. And I just, I wanted to dance and I sang and I danced, I took acting lessons. So it was kind of a natural place for me to go. And I did a lot of musical theater in New York and in Canada and in Europe. I lived in Hungary. So I really love that. So it's so much fun to get to go back to my roots, if you will, and get, when I get to perform and Liesl's so excited. It's like, (laughs) yeah, it's really me. Just, you know, I don't have to really act anything I just have to show up and be so excited because that's who I am anyway I'm like oh goody goody I get to sing and act and dance yay you know so I I can feed right into Liesl's enthusiasm or the other way around we share that so it's it's not a stretch killing people beating people up that's a little bit harder although people say how (laughs) can you do that I say well But, but I always say, I always relate to it. It's like when you see that spider and you go at it with a vengeance, it's kind of the same thing, except it's a bigger <laughs> spider. Just, you yeah. know, it's not that hard to relate to, even though I you know, just think it's horrific to hurt someone in any way. But that that's always to me that people are like, how, do, how can you do that? It's like, hmm, do you ever, do you ever see like a, a mouse you want to kill or a spider or a bug? And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, that's what it's like. <laughs> yeah. You just go to that place, that dark place of bug killing. Get the raid. <laughs> I like that because it just reminds me of it, the the book and you know, the movie that they've made now two of. And it, it's like how in the end he's like a giant spider because he's sort of like a children's manifestation of nightmares and things like that. And it's like, yeah, if you just think of Peter as a giant spider, you can <laughs> try to kill him. You can do it. <laughs> You won't catch me watching yeah. a movie like it yeah. or horror films. I mean, things I just get too scared, and I have such a vivid imagination, <laughs> and I don't sleep well as it is, so it, it would really mess with my psyche at night. It's like, no, I can't sleep. I see that giant spider. 
<laughs> as it is if I see a little tiny tiny spider I'm screaming Michael <laughs> help <laughs> please help me he's like what is it a spider yeah <laughs> so but it's really nice talking to you thanking you for having me on your show yeah thank you so much for doing this I know we just got carried away you you know have a way about you that you have a lot to say which is great it gives me more content and it was so good to learn about what you're writing with your book and learning about your parents and sort of where you get a little bit of your multi-talented career from and my cuckoo-ness <laughs> and, hey, and you have an interesting book that's where you know you work on that too it sounds yeah. really interesting we'll swap books how's that oh for sure and write about the Lebanese mafia. That sounds good to throw in some <laughs> your favorite Lebanese dish. Oh yeah, because uh, I probably can't say the last name because I know that the, everything got no, squashed. No. But no. Um, yeah, I wouldn't do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> of that family because they, they did have a famous son who got someplace and people tried to keep saying about it and it's like kept getting squashed. So I just won't use names. But no, yeah. <laughs> I will write about it because it is interesting. You can call one like falafel or yeah. Oh, or I like that. Or something or Mr. Sviha. <laughs> You know, Mr. Sviha, <laughs> Mr. Kibbe, when he did, Mr. Tabuli, boy, Mr. Tabuli was really bad. <laughs> the falafel fat, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, hi to all the all the fans listening. We love you. We appreciate you. You know, we're sorry for all this pause, but it's not our fault. And we'll hopefully all get back on and schedule soon. So stay well, everyone. God bless everyone. And lots of love to you. Thank you for having me on your show. And Look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, you too. Okay, take care. All right, now we're on to the fact check portion. And don't worry, it's short and sweet since I didn't talk too much out of my butt this week. Well, that kind of rhymed, but I digress. So Kathleen's last episode as Liesl Ulbricht that she filmed will actually air Monday, April 13th due to the shuffling and the flashback Fridays. So yeah, look out for that then if you listen before. We also talked about The Rookie again, as anyone who loves soaps probably loves Nathan Fillion and stuff like that. The Rookie, like I said, is streaming on Hulu, but unfortunately Castle, Nathan's show beforehand that we also loved, is not currently streaming, but maybe they'll change that soon because that, that was a great show too. I brought up how soaps actually started on the radio and maybe they should go back to that format. But yeah, fun fact, that's where they coined the term soap operas because they were sponsored in the U.S. by soap manufacturers. So soaps began sort of as an escape in the 1930s Depression era, and one soap even transitioned from radio to TV. Yes, that's right, The Guiding Light, as it was called, then later shortened to Guiding Light, first aired on TV in 1952. But yeah, wouldn't it be great if they were able to revive some of the soaps that way as a little throwback since we can't be near each other at least for another month or two. But speaking of that, GH will air at least until the end of May with the flashback Fridays extending it. So that was the purpose. So yeah, we'll at least be seeing new episodes of General Hospital for another two months. So yeah, but till the end of May. But Days, as we know, taped eight months ahead. So that one will be new for quite some time. And hopefully... We won't have too much of a gap between the stories. But again, there's the option to do radio format. But yeah, like I say, guys, short and sweet. Be sure to follow Kathleen at Gati Tweets, G-A-T-I, Tweets, T-W-E-E-T-S, on Twitter and Instagram. Since I'm Lucretia Line, guys, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. See you Monday. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.